What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. Obviously, we're going to break down the Super Bowl to lead off the show today, and then we're going to come back and finish up with a little Jonathan, Jonathan out on our NBA title odds. Cannot wait to get into it. It's an absolutely loaded show for you. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl happened last night. Obviously, the Chiefs won 35, or excuse me, 38 to 35. Absolutely great game. And this was an absolutely great game. Okay, there's there's no way around it. Do not let these salty Eagles fans distract you from that. This is one of the better Super Bowls I feel like we've had in a long time. The game was back and forth. Jalen Hurts played at a high level. Patrick Mahomes played at a high level. We'll get into their stats here in a minute, but just all around, I thought both teams, especially offensively, played really well. I thought Nick Sirianni did a great job of game planning. I thought Andy Reid did a great job of game planning. I mean, it was just, it was a really, really well-played game, especially offensively. I mean, this is the most scoring we've ever had in a Super Bowl. This is the first time ever that both teams have gone over 35 points in a Super Bowl before. Okay, like I said, both offenses absolutely clicking. Both teams able to run the ball. Both teams able to throw the ball, right? Like, let's look at these quarterback stat lines here real quick. Patrick Mahomes, 21 for 27, 182 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a you know 26-yard scramble late to set them up for the game-winning field goal. Hurts, 27 for 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, 15 carries for 70 yards, and then a Super Bowl record, three rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. Both of these guys were on their game to say the least. Okay, like they both played at an extremely high level, and it was so much fun to watch these two guys go back and forth, right? Both teams, I thought, executed their game plans really, really well. Okay, Philly one time of possession dominated time of possession with 35 minutes they ran the ball extremely well and kept Patrick Mahomes off the field they put Devontae Smith and AJ Brown in great op- they both they gave them both great opportunities to make plays obviously AJ Brown with the big touchdown catch Devontae Smith with the big play late in the game against the busted coverage like the stars showed up okay for Philly well on offense they did we're, we're going to talk about their defense here in a minute Kansas City, I thought, did a really good job of negating this Philadelphia Eagles pass rush, okay? People talked about this Philadelphia defense all week coming into this game to a point where it was really, really annoying. I'll be honest with you. And just to see this Kansas City team do what they've done all year, right? Like dating back to the offseason, right, where people were questioning how good they were going to be after Tyreek Hill was let go. Dating back to that... To see the offense doubted once again, even though they had the best offense in the league this year. Even though they had the best offense in the league this year, they were doubted once again because they were playing against this Philadelphia Eagles defense. And I'm sorry, but playing against Daniel Jones and the Giants is very different from playing against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's very different playing Brock Purdy who goes out early and then you have backup quarterbacks and then Christian McCaffrey having to take snaps. Very different playing against that offense versus playing against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey and the rest of those guys. Okay, like this is hands down by far the best offense that the Eagles defense saw 
all year this year. And it was blatantly obvious by the way that they played because they couldn't stop them at all. The Chiefs did whatever they wanted offensively. Now, part of that, the game plan by Andy Reid was great. They got the ball out quick, and they established a run game early. Okay, And they were very balanced. They threw the ball 27 times. They ran it 26 times. They averaged over six yards a carry. Okay, they dominated the trenches. All the all that I heard about, everything that I listened to, every time I had a conversation with somebody, people wanted to talk about Reddick and Ndamukong Sue and Fletcher Cox and all these guys on this Philadelphia Eagles defensive line who are dudes and can play. Okay, people wanted to talk about those guys and how this Eagles defense had the third most sacks in NFL history in a single season, which is impressive. Okay, I don't care who you're playing against. I don't care that there's an extra game. Like that's an impressive stat. Okay, it is. But at the end of the day, as I said, the best offense that they saw this year was the Vikings, for crying out loud. Kirk Cousins is not Patrick Mahomes. I know you know that. I know that I don't have to tell you that. But just to put it in perspective for you, these it's just it's not the same. It's not the same playing against Patrick Mahomes and these guys and the best offensive line in football than it is playing against the Vikings and the Giants and the Eagles and all of these other teams, man. Like it's just it's not the same. It's not the same no matter which way you cut it. And here's the thing. The storyline that has dominated this game has been the holding call late, which I'm going to get to. Okay, But the reason why the Chiefs won this game was not because of that holding call. It was simply because... It was simply because the Chiefs' ability to negate the Philadelphia Eagles' pass rush. Simple as that. Okay, that was just that was the biggest difference. Okay, they got the ball out quick and they established the run and they slowed up the pass rush. Okay, like that's what they did. Like if you look at, you know, just the way that the Chiefs ran their offense, they weren't, you know, throwing the ball thirty yards down the field, twenty yards down the field. It was a lot of like five to ten yard stuff. Get the ball out quick. Let Kelsey make plays after the catch. Let Juju Smith Schuster make plays after the catch. He played really well. Yeah, he had seven receptions, right? And, man, they just hammered away, and they didn't give that pass rush enough time to even get after Patrick Mahomes, which is a big deal, right? Because he's playing on the messed up ankle and things like that. So, kudos to Andy Reid and this team. And, look, I know people want to talk about this holding call, right? And I know I just wanted this whole thing on why Kansas City won. But if you look at the second half, the second half adjustments made by Kansas City were just incredible. Okay, like they just went at them. Okay, especially defensively, you saw them dial up a lot more pressure, and that was huge, right? That's what led to the three and out. That's what allowed them to hold Kansas City, or excuse me, that's what allowed Kansas City to hold Philadelphia to a field goal late, as opposed to, you know, giving up another touchdown where obviously the game's very different, right? Another big play that we aren't talking about enough because all we want to do is talk about this stupid holding call is the Jalen Hurts fumble. It wasn't even a fumble. He he just dropped the ball. Okay, like if he doesn't do that, and they you know kick a field goal there, or they take another three minutes off the clock, which they had been, which they had been doing all game, just running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, eating clock, eating clock, keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. If they just hold the ball for another two or three minutes, the game's very very different. Okay, so those are the two biggest things. Those are the two biggest reasons why the Eagles lost and the Chiefs won. Okay, the Eagles had a terrible turnover. And the Chiefs made excellent second-half adjustments that allowed them to get a couple of stops. And it allowed their offense to absolutely get rolling. Okay, They scored on every single possession in the second half. 
Okay, they did. Simple as that. And finally, I, I'm, I'm going to close here on this holding call. The refs did a really good job. They did. Okay? 99% of that game, I thought they called it right. They let guys play. Like, I thought they did excellence. Okay? And you can say whatever you want. And you may not like the call. I, I didn't like the holding call late. But he grabbed his jersey and he was beat. He was. Simple as that. I mean, and yes, it's late. And I, I get that we want to see guys play. We want to see guys fight for it. We, we want to see them go at it. Right? But ultimately, ultimately, they called a holding. And, and it was a holding. He grabbed his jersey. Okay? If you look at me and you tell me that that wasn't holding, then I immediately know that you're an Eagles fan. Simple as that. I do. And, look, maybe you didn't like the call. As I said, I didn't like the call. But it was holding. Whether you like it or not, that's just the way that the cookie crumbled. They threw the flag. It gave the Chiefs, you know, the extra yardage and allowed them to run the clock out and kick the field goal to end the game. So, look, all in all, I thought it was a great game. Um, Don't allow Salty Eagles fans complaining about that holding call to ruin your experience. So we're going to take a short break. And then we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Going to finish it up here with a little Jonathan, Jonathan, now that the NBA trade deadline is over. And we're now, you know, set in stone. Like, we know who's playing for who. We know who's going to be good. We know who has a lot of talent. We know who doesn't have a lot of talent. We can really kind of look at these odds on FanDuel and break down who we like to win the NBA Finals. What odds do we like? What odds do we not like? So we're going to work through all those. I think I've got, like, the top 14 teams here. Because the NBA is deep. There's so much talent all over the place. It's going to be really good. I'm really excited to do this. I love Jonathan, Jonathan. It's one of my favorite segments. We haven't done it in a long time. But we're bringing it back today for this. So let's start at the top where it's really simple. The Celtics are currently the favorites as of today to win it all on FanDuel. Their odds at plus 270. Obviously, I'm in multiple wings. Jalen Brown, he's you know having a great year. Jason Tatum, he's having you know a great year. MVP level. Both of those guys can score. Both of those guys can create. I love the Malcolm Brogdon addition in the offseason. I think he's going to be really good for them off the bench. They can defend. They can score. They can shoot. They can do everything you want. Okay, They have experience, having already played in the finals before. I really like this team. They're being coached extremely well. The interim's doing a great job. I'm blanking on his name right now. But yeah, like the Celtics, that's an easy in. Easy in. Same thing with the Bucks. They have the second highest odds of plus 410. I'm in on them as well. They have, you know, arguably the best player in the world. A lot of people would say that he is. I would say Nikola Jokic, maybe. Maybe. We need to have a conversation about that. But that's a topic for another time. Yeah, this team's really good. Chris Middleton, you know, um, I believe he's back. If he's not back when he does, this team's only going to get better. Drew Holiday, I know he's having a little bit of a down year offensively, but he can still defend. He can still make plays whenever he needs to. They can shoot the ball. They can defend. They got guys off the bench who can score. This team, This team's very, very talented. Okay, like they're they're gonna be fine. I think everybody knows that. The Suns, right? Plus five hundred. Obviously, they are the favorites to come out of the West after the Kevin Durant edition. This team's gonna be really interesting. They're gonna be really really fun. Um, Kevin Durant's a plug and play guy, just due to his ability to play off the ball and his ability to score. You know, have arguably the two best one on one scores in the NBA on the same team. Um, Kevin Durant being the better of the two between him and Devin Booker. Um, you know, they're a little banged up right now. But I think all in all, they'll be fine. Chris Paul has a heartbeat once again. He may end up grabbing that ring that he 
definitely deserves. We'll see if they're able to get it or not. But there's just there's too much talent on this Suns team to not be opted in. We're going to figure out really quickly how good of a coach Monty Williams is because he's got plenty of talent now with the addition of Kevin Durant. And, you know, obviously they have Aiton already and Booker and Chris Paul and multiple guys who can defend on the wing. So this team's going to be really good. Like I said, loaded with talent. You have to be in on them just simply because of how much talent they have. Moving on to the Denver Nuggets, plus 750. I'm in on them as well. Multiple playmakers, guys who can defend. Aaron Gordon's having a really good year this year. Jamal Murray is starting to look like Jamal Murray. As I said, Nikola Jokic, arguably the best player on the planet. He's probably going to win three straight MVPs. Sounds like the best player on the planet to me, right? Um, So that one isn't too, too hard. Now here's where things get interesting. I think those are clearly the four best teams in the NBA. So who are the other teams who can potentially win it all? The Clippers have the next highest odds, which I found surprising. Plus 1,200, out on them. Don't like them. I just don't, especially if they go get Westbrook. Like, he's a great spark plug, brings a lot of energy, but he's not a playoffs guy. He can't score consistently. He can't shoot the ball. Um, Kawhi Leonard's kind of taking a step back defensively, so they aren't as good defensively as they used to be. I just I don't like this Clippers team in the long run. I know they made some moves at the deadline, you know, grabbing Eric Gordon. Um, moving Reggie Jackson, do, doing some different things, but I still don't love this team. Uh, they also added Bones Highland. I do like that move because I love Bones Highland. That's beside the point. Once again, out on the Clippers at plus 1,200. Moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers at plus 1,400. I'm going to go out on them. I don't think they have enough playmaking offensively. I think they have the second most dominant force in the NBA in Joel Embiid behind Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think James Harden's having a really good year. I think that you can make an argument that he should have been an all-star. But, outside of James Harden, I don't really like their playmaking. They lost Matisse Thibel, you know, probably their best defender. They brought in another guy who can defend, blanking on his name right now. But ultimately, I think they just they lack playmaking on the offensive end. Um, and I think that's going to be their downfall. Because outside of James Harden, I don't think they really have another guy that you can run the offense through. Um, in terms of like getting guys where they need to be, you know, running the high ball screen with Joel Embiid, like that's kind of their bread and butter. And we know how Harden's been in the playoffs. Maybe he'll be better this year because he doesn't have such a prominent role. He's going to be the second guy as opposed to the first guy. But look, it's really hard to win games and to win series in, in the NBA when your best player is a center. It just is. Um, that's kind of been how it is. It's like, well, Jonathan, but you like the Nuggets. Yeah, but Jokic brings the ball off the floor and he runs the offense. And he can do more than just, you know, post guys up and score. Okay, like, he's a fantastic playmaker. Joel Embiid, he's made steps in that direction, you know, being able to pass out of double teams and things like that. But he's nowhere near the level playmaker that I think that the 76ers are going to need in order to win the whole thing. And I just simply don't trust James Harden to be good enough to do that for them. Moving on to the Warriors, plus 1,600, steps out for a month. I don't care, I'm still in. Shoot me, do whatever, don't care. Um, this team's really good. They're really talented. Okay, like I know their record isn't great, but when Steph comes back, you know they're going to be able to score. You know they can defend. We know Steve Kerr's a good coach. They've got guys who have done it before. This team's really good. Simple as that, whether you like it or not. So, yeah, I'm going to stay in on the Warriors until Steph's shooting arm falls off. I'm telling you that right now. Moving on to the Mavs at plus 1,700. Um, I'm in. Just for fun. I like this team. I think they're going to be able to score a lot of points. Are they going to be able to get stops? No. 
Okay, like that backcourt defensively, Luke and Kyrie, even though Kyrie's a much better defender than people give him credit for, when he wants to play defense, he can. We've seen him do it before. The question is, does he want to do it, right? This seems to always be the question with Kyrie. Does he want to do it or not? Anyway, that's a rant for another time. They're going to be able to score points. Um, you know, they bring in um, Wood off the bench as well. It's another guy who can really score the basketball. Josh Green has really made a leap. That's a guy who can defend and shoot the ball. Makes me feel much better about moving Dorian Finney-Smith if he's going to keep playing at this level. Had 26 the other night against the Kings and played really good defense. 6'6", young, athletic kid who can really play defense. If he stays at this level, this Mavericks team can definitely make a run. You know, is it going to be enough to beat Phoenix? I don't know. We'll see. But I really like this Mavs team. This is definitely a team that I think can make a run to and potentially win the NBA Finals if Josh Green continues to play at this level. That's that's the thing. If he doesn't, then there's no way. But if he continues to defend like this and he can shoot the ball consistently offensively, then this team can make a run. Simple as that. Moving on to the Grizzlies at plus 1,900. Uh, I'm out. I just think they're too immature. Simple as that. You know, there's just a lot of drama in that locker room. Jaws missed some games. But when there's drama surrounding an organization, I have no faith in them. Okay, and there's all this stuff with John Morant right now, questioning the people that he hangs out with and things like that. I don't want to get into that. That's not my job. I don't know Ja. I don't know what his friends are like. I've just read the reports. They don't seem like great people. That's really concerning. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, that's that's really concerning. I, I don't trust them mainly because of that. Moving on, I've got the Cavs at plus 3,000. I'm in. I really like this Cleveland team. Donovan Mitchell can score. Garland can score. Mobley, you can run the offense through him. He's had some really good scoring nights. Jared Allen and Mobley defensively are incredible. Like, this Cleveland team is really, really good. I think people are sleeping on them majorly. Okay? Several guys who can score. Several guys who can, you know, make plays with or without the ball. Several guys who can shoot. Several guys who can defend. I mean, this Cleveland team is absolutely loaded. I really like them. Watch out for Cleveland. I'm telling you right now, they're going to make a run. I like them more than Philly, a lot more than Philly. Multiple bigs who can play defense, multiple guards who can handle and play make, multiple guys who can shoot, multiple wings who can defend. I love Cleveland. I'm telling you right now. Write it down. This Cleveland team is really, really good, and they are not getting the respect that they deserve. Two more, and then we're done. My, my throat's, whew, it's a little rough right now. Lakers, plus 5,500, I'm out. I think they're old. I don't think Anthony Davis can stay healthy. Um, look, LeBron, he's scoring a lot of points. That's great. That's not what LeBron wants to do, though. He wants to create for his teammates. There just isn't enough scoring. I know they added D'Lo and a couple other guys, but after seeing what, testing, testing, okay. But after seeing what the rest of the West has done, I just I don't know how you can like the Lakers to make a run. Simple as that. Sorry. Like I know all the LeBron guys out there want for the Lakers to make a run. I just I don't think that they're gonna have the talent or the depth to match up with Phoenix or Dallas or the Nuggets. Simple as that. And finally, the last team that I'm I'm in on this team. I really like this team. I probably shouldn't, but I do. That is the New Orleans Pelicans of plus six thousand. They're talented. They've got older, experienced guys, too, unlike Memphis, who 
can kind of help lead the way for guys like Zion. And, you know, Brandon Ingram's been around the league for a little bit longer than I think we realize now. So if Zion's healthy and Zion's able to play, him, McCollum, and Ingram, that's as good a three as anybody in the league. They've got guys who can play defense. They've got guys who can play make. That's a really, really good basketball team down there in New Orleans. I really like them as well. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. One more time for your Jonathan, Jonathan Fouts. I'm in on the Celtics, in on the Bucks, in on the Suns, in on the Nuggets, out on the Clippers, out on the 76ers, in on the Warriors, in on the Mavs, out on the Grizzlies, in on the Cavs, out on the Lakers, and in on the Pelicans. This could all change. Injuries and things like that happen. But as of right now, these are the teams I like. These are the teams that I don't like. That's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good pod. I hope you enjoyed it. Like, rate, subscribe, do all those different things. And I will talk to you all again on Thursday.